0: everyone, and welcome to the Tightwad Teacher Podcast, brought to you by Element OP Productions, elementop.com. And now, here are your hosts, Sean Keibel and John Mikulski. All right, so this is the uh, first episode of a new show in our network. And uh, if you, hopefully, I imagine during this first show that you're going to probably uh, maybe be a listener of one of our other shows and uh so you're you're familiar with the network uh, the network itself is fairly new because we're we're developing all these uh new shows and so uh it started kind of running away from us and we said ah well we need to do uh we'll call it element op uh and i am pretty sure that was uh mark's idea from the tightwad tech and uh so uh, we we did that, and uh, the Tightwad Teacher was really one of those things that early on, when we first started the Tightwad Tech, uh, we felt like there was a need to have a breakoff uh, show that was just uh, for teachers because we really didn't feel like we were really uh, giving enough good content, really directed towards the teacher. So, uh, we wanted to do that. Um. And uh, uh, here we are today. We're fi- we're finally there. Uh, it took us a while to find a co-host that we really f- felt like uh, would fit the bill. So uh, first, I want to just start off and introduce myself. So, you know, who is this guy talking to you? Uh, I'm Sean Keibel. Um, uh, I guess I can go back to uh, after high school and college. I uh, went into the Marine Corps for six years and was uh, uh, in the Marine Corps, spent uh, – four years in California and two years in Japan. And I got out of there and went into corporate finance and uh, was a finance executive for several years. And uh, when that industry took a big hit and all of a sudden there were all these talented people on the job market and no jobs available, uh, I had to look around for something else to do. And I landed in education and, uh, I've been working in education, education now for just, uh, slight three years. And, uh, I kind of bounce back and forth between, uh, working as a tech guy here for our district and also a middle school technology teacher. So, uh, that's what's led me here today. And, uh, I, with that said, I will, uh, I'll introduce you, John. John, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: I guess I'm the new guy to the network. Uh, My name is John Mikulski. I'm a teacher. I teach English language arts, uh, seventh and eighth grade at a fairly rural district out uh, near Niagara Falls, New York, Buffalo, New York area. Uh, I've been there for eight years now, and it's actually a a great school. It's the only school I've ever taught at. I I got lucky enough to get a job right out of college um, as an undergrad, and, and that just doesn't happen anymore with the political climate, but I was really fortunate at the time, and it's a, a great district uh, when it comes to curriculum and technology and just the freedom to, to kind of explore where I think it's best to go, um, and I certainly take advantage of that. Uh, and also, just recently, I started teaching uh, at the college level. There's a, a teacher university nearby, uh, and I'm part of the literacy master's program there doing um, integrating technology into literacy. So it's been really neat for me to see the difference between, uh, it's a new perspective to see the difference between 12 year olds and adults. And surprisingly, um, they're not all that different from each other. I'm learning that now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. You know, it's funny. And I think, uh, our guest today is going to, is going to touch on this a little bit, but, um, it just doesn't really matter what age you are. You, you, the whole lecture format to me seems to be kind of dying, you know? Uh, Oh, yeah.
1: And I started off my first class this semester by saying I'm used to standing in front of a bunch of 12-year-olds, so um, I've kind of taken on some of their traits, and and if I have to talk for more than five minutes at a time, I'm going to go crazy. So um, myself included, you know, I I think it's easier to, to... come down to their level than to try to pull you up or pull them up to you sometimes
0: right right well uh, I, I just uh, before we get into our interview and our uh, uh, guest uh, that John you've already done a great job uh, lining up guests for this show and uh, I know we're excited to have uh, this guest on today but uh, I want to talk a little bit about you know what we uh, what we're about what we uh, see this uh, show turning into uh, long term and and uh, you- Again, I said, uh, myself and uh, Mark, uh, when we started the Tightwad Tech, uh, early on we had an idea for the Tightwad teacher. We thought that uh, it was something that needed to happen because we were really touching the tech side uh, very well, and it seemed like – you know educational technology people and we're talking about the geeks that you know make all the computers work and uh set up the network and all that kind of stuff uh we were hitting that really well and but our original plan was to kind of hit both of them at the same time because there seems to be a gap often between uh the tech professionals and the and the teachers within a district and we we just we weren't really hitting it, you know. It was a, maybe a little too much on the tech side. So uh, early on, we said, "Yeah, we really need to break out and have a tightwad teacher um, episode." Uh, problem is, we didn't have the right person to co-host the show. And uh, we had several teachers on that show over the course of the last a uh, little bit over a year now. And uh, every time we'd have a teacher on the show, it was like, "Ah, maybe this is going to be the person. Maybe this is going to be the person." And then we'd get done with the interview and we're like, eh, not really it. Uh, because, you know, in addition to having uh, a lot of great information to share, you kind of have to be a little dynamic, right? You got to be somewhat fun to listen to. And uh, uh, we just couldn't find that person until here just recently. We had John on our show and uh, John, when we finished up with your interview, we were like, this is the guy. Um, and uh, like we'll, uh, we'll cover later on in the show, but it was one of those, uh, you know, ask, you might just get a yes <laughs> type of situations.
1: Yeah. Well, and it was something I was real excited about doing. Cause I think that episode, you know, I finished it by talking about how, uh, podcasting in particular is something I've always done with my kids and it's not really something that I've done personally, but I've always wanted to. So when I got the email from Sean, uh, asking if I'd be interested in co-hosting, I thought, Yes, absolutely. It's right, right up my alley. What I like to do.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so uh, John, I've kind of laid the uh, the groundwork, you know, sort of what uh what led us to this point. You want to kind of cover? I, I know we've talked about it. Uh, you want to kind of tell the listeners uh what we're we're thinking of long term, where we want to go with this thing?
1: Oh, sure. Well, let me start personally with myself, and I think actually, if I if I really wanted to accurately describe it. Um, I drag my wife in from the other room and have her explain how um, I get very excited about ideas and I get very excited about sharing ideas and the poor soul, she's the one that usually has to hear them. So for anyone to give me an outlet to do that and to have an audience that would be willing to listen, I think that's amazing. And, and that's where my long-term goal is going is um, really to be able to connect with as many people as I can and, and to have as many people connect with us and, and really come up with a community of of people who find the things that we talk about relevant. That's my personal goal.
0: Yeah. And I, again, uh, one, I want to say, yes, you definitely dive in because, uh, I've always, uh, Kind of served the role of, uh, I guess, if you wanted to call it anything, maybe programming director or whatever for the tightwad tech. And I, so that meant I always did the legwork on the front end of the shows, lining up guests and, uh, you know, just making sure uh, we were ready with content uh, when we hit the record button. And, uh, uh, so I did all of that and I gotta tell you, uh, after doing it a year, uh, John jumps in and like, uh, after a few weeks, uh, he's got me beat. So <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: I, I jump first and check how shallow the water is after sometimes it doesn't work out for me.
0: Yeah. It, well, I gotta tell you, it's, it's been great. And, uh, and I think you really hit the nail on the head with this first guest because, um, it, it, it's what we're all about, right? I mean, uh, Shelly Terrell is, uh, known for, uh, you know, personal learning, uh, what is it? Personal learning networks and, uh, just professional development and all, all of those, uh, kind of key phrases that you hear out there, but she's one of those, uh, bright shining voices in that world. And, uh, I guess something that we're kind of hoping to be. So. absolutely. Uh,
1: and what about you? Where do you see this show in, in a year from now? Let's say,
0: uh, you know, uh, I, you know, I'm not greedy, maybe only, you know, five or six million listeners. (laughs) No, you know, it's kind of like teaching, right? If you, if you just touch that one soul, you know, you get that one look, that sparkle that you know that you planted a seed, uh, then I'm happy with that. Um, but uh, certainly the more people we can touch like that, uh, the better and the more people we can bring together and uh, and pass that spark along. I th- I think as long as we're doing that, then I'm happy. Yeah,
1: I think we're right on track for literally dozens of listeners every week.
0: Right. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, with, uh, with all of that said, uh, let's go ahead and kick this off. I'm kind of excited to get our, uh, our guest on. Again, John did a great job of lining up the, our first guest, and I think it's going to be a great one. So uh, let's talk to Shelly Tarot. Shelly, I'm just going to ask you to introduce yourself to our listeners and uh, tell us a little bit about sh- yourself.
2: Well, I currently am an educator, but I'm also a freelance teacher trainer. Um, I'm an international speaker, I guess. And um, I'm also, specifically, I do English language teaching. And I also work on social media. Uh, specifically, I'm the vice president of educator outreach for parentella.com, which is a free parent-teacher social network.
0: All right, and you—you uh, you got your 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 beginnings really in uh, teaching uh, ESL, is that correct?
2: Yes, that's correct, and I've been doing that for about fifteen, a little over fifteen years. I've been working as an educator.
1: All right. Now I know that you had been teaching in Germany, and now you're back in Texas. Did you start in Texas, or or did you were you always teaching over in Germany? And what what's the difference between the two of those two? Since we're talking about it,
2: uh, that's a great question. Actually, I've taught in. Germany, in Greece, and I teach online as well. And I did begin in Texas, and I began teaching border students from over 12 different countries who spoke, well, over 12 different languages. And this was in a high school situation where it was a high school and a college so they were able to have this program, uh, specifically. And so there was over 70 English language learners. And so that's how I began in Texas. And the way I got it was because I spoke Spanish and some of the parents were from Mexico and they couldn't really t- speak with the parents when they were registering and things like that. So even though my background was in English, they, the actual language and literature, they, asked me a friend of mine if I would step in and help them out. (laughs) And it became (laughs) long-term.
0: Now, uh, uh, I'm sure that you were probably one of the more awesome teachers of all time, but uh, that's not really what your, uh, what your claim to fame is uh, anymore. You're, you're really carving out quite a niche for yourself as far as, uh, uh in the professional development circles and, uh, uh, PLNs and things like that. So, uh, tell us a little bit about that. Uh, you know, uh, per, I guess, uh, particularly right now with a uh, professional development and various tools that are available to teachers out there. Now that we have this miracle called the internet.
2: Well, I started Twitter about two years ago and I started blogging. And when I saw just the great things that my background is also, I have my bachelor's in communication. And so I'm really interested in the way that people communicate, especially online. And so I, connect with so many educators worldwide and I began doing different projects like for example we have this conference called the Reform Symposium Conference and it's actually coming up in the end of July at the end of July the 29th through the 31st and over 8,000 educators worldwide are expected to attend because last time we had 4,000 and every time we have this it It grows exponentially. And it's it's a great way to interact with educators around the world. We have presenters from, I would say, 40 different countries that have volunteered to present and show what they do in their classroom in all areas. So you may see somebody doing math or talking about math in this online conference, for example, and they are on video. And they have their PowerPoint slides there, and there's a chat box where you can talk with somebody from Jordan, for example, or, and you can be in Texas or in Germany or anywhere in the world, and you can have these conversations while the presentation is going on. And at the end, they can you can ask the presenter who will be from anywhere; they'll be from Tunisia, Africa, or um, different places. A, You can interact with them, and then this also is around um, a network where you can see their profiles, you can see with more ways to interact with them and stuff. So this is just one of the parts of professional development that I work with are these free online conferences, but there are so many, many, many tools out there.
1: (laughs) Well, and I think you're a good example of uh, what – social networking can do for teachers. Um, I first found you by following you on Twitter and um, any of our listeners who are on Twitter who are educators probably already knew who you were without hearing an introduction because your name is just everywhere, um, always giving out such great resources. And I consider you part of my PLN, but that's a term that I think a lot of people probably are not real familiar with. So um, why don't we discuss that a little bit? What is a PLN? Um, how do they work? How do you get involved?
2: Well, one of the great things about doing professional development online is that you get to develop this PLN or this often referred to as a personal professional learning network. Now, I've coined the term passionate learning network. And the only reason I say I coined it because I coined it on my blog and some people it's kind of taken off too. And the reason I say this because there are – Educators, if they're taking the time to really learn their craft and be better educators by connecting with other people worldwide, and it's not necessarily other educators, but it's mostly educators. But it could be authors, it could be, it could be experts in their particular field. For example, a science teacher now will follow, uh, astronaut on Twitter and they will actually make a connection where they'll ask the astronaut can you Skype into my classroom and then the astronaut will Skype and talk with the students and all of that is part of a network it's where you connect with other people and they connect with you so it involves that and the social networks give us these tools for example the most common is Facebook a lot of people are familiar with that and that's one of the ways educators have actually connected they go on to these education groups and then they keep each other updated with status. And the great thing about it is is that teachers have rather revolutionized this according to people that have observed these different forums like Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn. And they've said that how educators have gathered together and they share things like web pages, blog links. They share lessons and the fantastic part is somebody that's in India who needs some help, who's not used to having this type of professional development in their location. Because I've actually talked with teachers who will walk two hours to an internet cafe. And I mean walk because they don't have the utensils. And they have found this online educator network. And they connect because they want this these tools and this type of training. And they can use whatever a teacher in, for example, the U.S. will share a lesson that they share and they will, they can apply it right then, um, and there or the next day they can carry it into their classroom. So it's, it's just really fantastic, the things that can happen. And so all of these people, everyone that we choose to connect with, uh, specifically online, depending if it's Skype or Twitter or Facebook or webinars, then these are part of our personal professional learning network. But the great thing about it is that we often meet people who also come into the picture and they kind of say, hey, I noticed you talked to my friend, John here. And so I can help you with an answer to a question or something that you need. And so often, sometimes, most of the time we get to choose, but sometimes we just meet people that way and they choose us. And so the great thing about online networks is you can decide not to be connected if it becomes a problem, but often it just becomes, we add more and more and more people.
1: Yeah. I mean so. Social networking in general really does shrink the world. Uh, and a good example, right before we started the interview, Shelly and I were talking and one of the links that she put on her blog recently is from um, a man who lives literally a half a mile from my house. So, and that's something where I never made that connection. He never made that connection, but because we're all part of that PLN, we're all part of that social network online. Um, it connects us all and it really shows that everything we're doing is, uh, you know, fundamentally on the right track and, and uh, beneficial.
0: Uh, and, you know, I'm kind of curious, uh, Shelly, uh, you know, we talk about Facebook and Twitter, and I think a lot of people have, uh, they struggle with the use of those tools, uh, especially if they're they're kind of new to that medium. But uh, I even, you know, I've been a longtime user of both, and I still struggle uh, because, you know, you you have a private life and you have uh, a public life and a professional life. And so you have all of these different uh, hats you wear, so to speak. And it seems like people really struggle with that so so uh, obviously, uh, it seems like people more often will use Facebook for their uh, their private life and their family and friends and things like that. And then Twitter uh, tends more often to be uh, based in the professional world. Um, uh, do you use uh, both of those uh, across both of those, uh, those boundaries? Or how do you manage that?
2: Actually, I do. And part of my Communication background is that studying this type of communication and people, they tend to, yes, they want to know you professionally, but it's it's the personal uh, that they understand about you that really makes that connection. So, for example, if I know that. Uh, most of the time you'll start learning things about the people that you communicate with because it just happens to be part of communication. And the great thing about it is very humanizing. So for... While it was primarily Twitter, that educators came together. And there are certain things, for example, I share a lot about my pug. So I have this very famous pug now um, named Roscoe. And he's also in my Twitter picture. And I can't even change my Twitter picture without him in it because people actually complain to me now. <laughs> they say, where's the pug? <laughs> so it becomes something that people get to know of you. And they, they really like knowing the personal part of you because... When it's personalized, then they feel like there's a, a real human connection. And there are people, for example, like Sir Ken Robinson that I follow and things. And it's very professional. He doesn't follow me back. But the great thing is that on Twitter, he, you know, he doesn't really have to. I can just follow his update and I can learn a lot from him that way. And I can communicate with him. But then they're, the majority that we follow that are not gurus, and because they're not guru status to us, they're just other educators, or it, it's it's very good when we can have conversations with them, and we can feel like we're actually having conversation with colleagues and friends. And just like in a teacher-staff room where you would learn something about their family eventually through these conversations, then it, it happens this way quite naturally on social media too. So I think you can blur the line. And there are certain things that it's not necessarily you wouldn't follow or, or you wouldn't post necessarily because it's so personal. But it's because I think also one thing to remember is it's online. And online we have this kind of record. So for educators too, I think when when they think about, which is a really good question about passing the line and what they should share or not, it's it's whatever we feel comfortable with having online that's pretty much going to stay there for quite a while. So I, I that's where I try to to find the balance. But I think it's, it's very good to have a personal part of it. And Facebook, it did start off as not being too education-oriented, but then they started making these great tools like these groups and you can share documents now, you can share Uh, You can have chat, private chats for the group. You can create events. So it makes it a great forum to where there are many educators who will actually go on and they go in these Facebook groups and they're able to share a lot of professional development.
1: Well, and speaking of professional development… A lot of times people, especially those who aren't familiar with what's going on right now online with these things, they think of the two-day workshop where teachers go into a room, they're taught one specific skill, and then sent off into the world, hopefully to use that skill. And professional development has really expanded beyond that now because of these these tools. So maybe you could talk a little bit about um, how that happens on Twitter, specifically with hashtags and those kinds of things.
2: Yes, it's very interactive and it's a multimedia experience. And so one of the ways is through Twitter. And one, there's tens and thousands of educators who gather daily on Twitter. And there's actually probably quite more. And they do this for professional development and it's worldwide, and it's a great medium to do this because it's only 140 characters. And so on Twitter, educators have sh- sort of, like I said, revolutionized this. this, is what other places have said, like Mashable and Web and things. And one of the reasons is because with Twitter, you don't have to friend them or anything. It- it's very open unless you make it private. Um, you can choose to make it private to where nobody sees your tweets. But the majority of people do have it, open in public so you can follow them and they don't have to necessarily follow you like I said with Sir Ken Robinson or even somebody you know famous that you just want to know the NASA for example astronaut. so we can see everything that he does when he's in space but he doesn't necessarily follow us back and see what we do in our classroom but the great thing is that he can still be part of our network And we can still communicate we can just put the at sign and we can ask questions and Sir Ken Robinson even though he doesn't follow me for example he will get in these discussions these hashtag discussions he has done this before and answer educational questions and he's been very open about having discussions and even a bit of a debate so it's really fantastic. So the way we do this, a hashtag is basically any type of word that somebody types on Twitter with a number sign. And it could even be like an abbreviation. For example, for the Reform Symposium, the online conference, our hashtag is RSCon3. And we created that. We made it up. A person has the ability to just make up these hashtags basically because they can take any kind of word and put a number sign. And it becomes a clickable link. And when you click on that word, then you see everyone who on Twitter who has used that in their conversation. They just put that somewhere in their 140 characters. And one of the things we've been doing as educators is we've been having these discussions. We meet at certain times. And one of the most famous ones, and the original ones uh, that I'm glad to be a creator, a co-creator of, is the EdChat. And EdChat happens every Tuesday. We have over nearly 3,000 educators or more gather at two times. There's the 12 p.m. EDT slash EST and the 7 p.m. EDT slash EST. So we try to make it very globalized. And there have been literally hundreds of other conversations that have erupted from this. But EdChat is one of the first ones. And the reason why EdChat took off so well well, what we do is basically anyone who at that time meets, they put EdChat with the the number sign. And so that's how they follow the discussion. You usually get something like TweetDeck or you can even click on a web. It comes up with a web page. Uh, if someone wants to lurk and they're not on Twitter, they can still see it on a web page that comes up because it's a clickable link, and they can follow the conversation. And we discuss an issue, and usually we debate the issue. It could be something like homework, or it could be it could be collaboration, or it could be integrating technology effectively, parent engagement. And so what happens is that our community of educators, we have them propose questions, and then Steven Anderson, another co-creator at Web20 Classroom, Um, collects this in a poll which he tweets on Sundays, and then Tom Whitby, um, which was the original creator who kind of had me and Steve Anderson on board. We all gather together and we kind of uh, manage this, but there are other people who manage this as well. Where, and what I mean by manage is we try to get people involved in the conversation during the time we will ask different types of questions on this topic, and we try to get different guest experts as well and one of the ones we got was Alfie Cohn at the very beginning in around August 2009 and during that particular discussion the reason EdChat took off so well was because educators really hadn't had a chance to really get in these debates with these famous people on Twitter and so it became a trending topic and a trending topic means for the U.S. It's a really big deal because usually trending topics are big events like the World Cup was definitely one. American Idol is definitely like a, a trending topic when it, it comes out, you know? And <laughs> Justin so Bieber
1: was, is always a trending topic. Yes, yes.
2: <laughs> exactly. So to have something like EdChat Chat be there and it's so far, I think the only one that's ever been there as far as one of these education hashtag just shows the amount of enthusiasm and educators that were aligned at the time, you know, making the tweets. So it, it was really exciting. <laughs>
1: Well, and one of the things that you mentioned, I just want to stress, for people who are listening who aren't real familiar with Twitter or can't see past Twitter as just being another place to find out um, what Justin Bieber is having for lunch, (laughs) you don't need an account to follow these hashtags. Isn't that right?
2: Yes, you don't. You just have to, uh, you can even go to search.twitter.com, put in the number sign, Ed Chat, and you'll see all the conversations that even take place today because actually, even though we have the scheduled chat, people chat, use it as a chat every single day where they discuss issues specifically education related.
1: Right. You know, I like to see the I think of the hashtag last time It's almost like a conversation that's happening within the conversation. So I know when I'm looking at Twitter, lots of times I'll be looking at my main feed of all the people I'm following. And I'll see that different different hashtags showing up in there. So I know there's another conversation going on. And if something sparks my interest, I can click on that hashtag and then involve myself in the conversation. And that's kind of the beauty of it is that um, you decide your participation in it and you decide how much you're going to get out and what role you play. And I think that's what makes it so much better than some of the more traditional um, professional development opportunities that teachers have had in the past.
2: Yeah, exactly. And the other good thing that you pointed out was that there are many different types of hashtags. So there is one, for example, kindergarten teachers called Kinder Chat. There's one for math teachers called Math Chat. There's even one where uh, that Parentella has done, which is we have a PT Chat, which is parent-teacher chat. And we have parents and teachers who gather who discuss issues as well. And a great person to follow the figure out all of these is cyberryman one but for any educator out there, they can pretty much find a hashtag for anything they're interested in. And when you use that hashtag, you also get to develop your personal learning network because you get to meet people specifically related to that field that will understand the things that you're going through.
0: Absolutely. Well, uh, uh, that all sounds pretty amazing. And I, I think it really gets at the heart of Kind of what you're all about, what you're, what you're, uh, how you're making your name out there, right? Is, is tying into all of these, all of these networks and really knowing how to use the tools. But, uh, I've got to say when I was researching you for the show, because Shelly, I didn't know you before, uh, before we started prepping you to get you on the show. <laughs> and, uh, so I, I, had to do some research and something that really stuck out to me was the fact that, uh, it, you really seem to emphasize, you place a unique emphasis on passing the knowledge on. And uh so, you know, in effect, teaching other teachers. And uh one, I think that's really great because it is somewhat unique. I don't think we hear enough of that. But also, uh, I'm curious if you have any specific examples of, you know, did somebody do that to you? Are you paying it forward, so to speak?
2: Yes, I am. When I first got onto Twitter, there were very few teachers that kind of, um, people were still figuring this out. So when sometimes uh, people get really nervous when going online. So there were a few people who were really key to my involvement and getting me excited. And one of these, uh, well, the two earliest ones I followed, and the way that I found them was, I actually searched on Google, Twitter educators, and you come out with this wonderful wiki that tells you teachers on Twitter <laughs> and it lists by subject. And I met Sue Waters and Larry Ferlazzo this way and Ann Hodgson and Tom Whitby. And these were really key people because I'm the type of person, I tend to leap. I just kind of don't think about, uh, I just get, get so excited and do things. So when I went in, I automatically did my blog like Month later after I did Twitter and they left comments on my blog and they really tried to encourage other people to, to, to comment on the blog and get involved because I was trying all these interactive stuff and they were just fantastic and I would see the way that they would communicate with people and they would help people and Sue Waters is one of the g- great people who Really, just she she helps with any she's like called the Edublog Queen. So she really understands blogs and technology and pretty much anything. She's just so fantastic with her knowledge and she runs a great blog. But she's always there to help with any kind of the question that any teacher has. She'll walk them through it.
1: And Speaking of blogs, uh, you have one, and we'll talk about that in just a minute, but uh, one of the big things that are on there right now, you have the 30 Goals Challenge for educators, and I took a look at that, and it's pretty uh, amazing, especially the amount of uh, people who have participated already. Could you talk a little bit about that?
2: Sure. Sure. Well, there are two editions because this is the second year of the 30 Goals Challenge. And basically, it started in January. I decided, oh, like I said, I leap. And I thought, social network, it's such an amazing thing. It's it's just fantastic because you get so much support. And as an educator, I don't think there's enough support out there uh, for us right now, especially in the media and things like that. So it's really great that you have this strong community that supports you and really just helps you and mentors you. And so I decided, okay, every year I do goals. This year I'm going to try to accomplish these 30 goals because I was going to try and accomplish one. The first year it was like one every day. And these were going to be short-term goals related to education to make me better as an educator. Well, I asked other people on my blog if they would join. And then we decided to have the hashtag 30Goals on Twitter. And then we had a Facebook group that uh, Lisa Dabbs, Teaching with so Helps Newest, which is um, Facebook.com 30 Goals. And so over 5,000 educators actually decided to join. I thought maybe eight if I was lucky, but <laughs> over 5,000 joined, and it's been phenomenal. We each uh, talk about the goals, and there's different types of goals. For example, there's one that says... Um, ask perhaps you'll receive and the short term goal is basically ask a question that day which is something you can do but you know a lot of us don't ask other teachers in our actual location in the schoolroom, you know for some kind of question so it, it kind of is the There are these kind of like small-term things that will lead us into a long-term habit of asking. Uh, So, for example, and then we blog about it or we talk about that experience on Twitter or we, you know, talk in the Facebook group. And so another one that I really enjoy that a lot of them, a lot of teachers enjoyed was give students train. And this one is a little bit much, much more of a challenge than ask perhaps you'll receive because this one you take one class period and you let your students completely run an entire class period. And I remember that there was um, Kevin Kruitz, who's a principal. And he decided, okay, this is really crazy, but I'm going to jump out of my comfort zone. And he wrote this post, and we all kind of chatted about it we, by leaving comments. And we have, like, long-term, you know, long discussions as well. But he talked about where he just let his students completely um, – during the class period, they made the decisions. It was basically, what do you want to do? And something really great came out of it. And he decided, okay, I'm going to practice this more often. But this is the kind of things that we say. Another one was plan a seed of belief. And sometimes the challenges aren't necessarily related to where you'll actually do something in the class that day. This one is more of a planning a, of, a seat of belief. It comes from the – there's a – uh, scripture in Matthew where it says if you have this, the seed, uh, a mustard seed of faith, then you can move mountains. And it's basically the same thing with the students that if we believe in certain students, especially ones that tend to misbehave a lot <laughs> and get into trouble. And so this was the encouragement for that one. And it was to, to observe the students and to figure out a way to make them feel really great about themselves. And one educator would, you know, decided to do high fives every morning and just give a smile. And there was one educator that I, this was based off a a goal that I learned in a professional development where the teacher, he started giving high fives. And there was actually a student who was contemplating committing suicide that day. And who totally just changed their mind and stuff and told the teacher, hey, because you smiled and you just kind of, you know, interacted with me. And I saw that, you know, you cared. I thought, you know, um, I'll I'll go ahead and I'll change my mind. So some of these things are just really kind of powerful. Um, These small term things that we may forget in our everyday lesson planning and things like that. And so the community has been really good in coming together and, 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 just kind of following these goals. So it's really fantastic.
1: Well, one of the ones that stood out to me that almost looks like it encompasses the whole challenge is um, the one, uh, share a story, because that's all about reflecting. It's almost like a meta goal. It's a goal about all the other goals. Um, You write that it's to share a story, either by video or blog post or podcast um, about one of the goals you've achieved. And that, to me, as a teacher, is so important because the idea of reflecting is so big Uh, for educators. And lots of times that's the part that gets forgotten because you're being pushed around by deadlines and time and, and those kinds of other outside forces. So I thought that was a really good one. And that one shows up almost repeatedly in all the other goals. So I thought that really, uh, really is a good one to, to emphasize.
2: Oh thank you. And it, that one has been really fantastic. We actually had students come and join the series this uh this time we we do something different each time and we try to add some other part of social media. And this time we added video blogs. And there was this student called Riley and Riley has um and he's on YouTube and he does his video cast because he wanted to be part of this because his mom Marty Sides was a part of this. She's a big part of it the first year and the second year as well. And so he would go on video and he would talk about his learning disabilities and how he had to switch schools to be able to have teachers who were allowed to help him because in his public school, he wasn't allowed to have any kind of accommodations or anything for his learning. Like he's ADD, he has dyslexia and some other problems. And he's so, he's he's like in middle school and he's so smart about his learning needs and he's very good about telling people on the video cast he it's just fantastic uh when you, you hear him speak about how he relates and what he thinks is a great teacher and it's it's just incredible um when you know they share their stories so this was one of the things that Riley did too and and he really made that goal really fun uh, a, a great learning experience for us all
0: i got to i got to jump in there and uh kind of relate my my own experience and it really goes right back to uh, uh the first one that you talked about the uh, ask perhaps you'll receive and uh, one that's impacted my life uh in you know just uh directly and, and we do uh several shows you know we obviously have this show as part of our network but uh when we started uh, recording podcasts it just kind of, we, we were looking for guests and we didn't know what we were really doing. And so, uh, we started looking for, well, who are we going to have on a guest? And we really uh, on as a guest and we really thought kind of small potatoes because that's where our mind was. And then, uh, I started thinking, well, you know, it doesn't hurt to ask. And so we started asking, you know, these, uh, uh published authors and uh, CEOs and executives from these huge companies that we just thought, there's no way these guys are going to ever say yes, right? And it was shocking how often we did get a yes. And yes. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> and, and you're surprised. And it really, I have to say, uh, you know, people like to talk about themselves. <laughs> Let's just be blatantly honest. You know, they they have, they, there's something that they've devoted their life to, right? Professionally, and they, they're putting, pouring all their energy into this, uh, whatever it is that they're doing. And now, if you're going to them and saying, Hey, I want to talk to you about that. Will you come on my show or 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 will you you uh, guest blog on my blog or something like that? You'd be shocked at how often uh people will say yes to that. And uh so you know, that struck me personally and then I I turned that around and took it into the classroom and uh I was teaching a group of middle schoolers uh, about podcasting and uh, trying to get them uh turned on to to that format and i told them the same thing and it was uh, slightly different but i always said you know uh don't be afraid to ask because you might just get a yes and i had uh two uh two female students that uh were uh, big into anim- animania, anime 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 they, they would kill me for messing that up but uh yeah they they loved anime and uh big in their world was a particular voice actor who apparently uh voices a lot of these characters and they knew everything about him. I mean, he was their celebrity. And uh, I encouraged uh, everybody to don't be afraid to contact somebody of that stature. But they did. They tracked him down. And uh, they actually got him to come on to their show. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. And so it was so amazing because, uh, one, you get, you know, it's through little things like this that, you know, y- you can do those 30 goals and, uh, you know, some – may impact your life uh, more than others. But, you know, when you turn them around and you see them at work in the classroom, uh, it's just truly amazing. And uh, it's, I mean, it's why you do what you do, right? Right. No, and
1: uh, also from a a teacher standpoint, across the nation right now, we're really in a tough spot because... Um, the political climate is really negative towards teachers right now. And a lot of people think that we don't deserve the paychecks that, that we receive. And something like your 30 Goals Project shows that there really is a passion. Going back to your idea of a passionate learning network, we really are passionate about these things. And we want to do these goals because they make us better educators, not because we're getting paid more for it. And I think that's the bottom line to these this kind of professional development is it's not – someone paying you to go sit in a room and do your time. It's stuff that teachers want to learn more about, and they they need the guidance to help uh, get to that point. And that's what I really like about your 30 goals.
2: Oh, well, thank you. (laughs) And
1: and now we have 60, right? (laughs) Uh, Do you have any other good resources for for summer professional development?
2: Well, recently on the blog, the Teacher Reboot Camp blog, is, um, and pretty much if you Google that, it'll show up pretty much first or second on the list. And I've listed about 27 resources because I'm including this podcast because I think, you know, this is one of the great things and since the podcast is so new, but these are each ways that are really easy for educators to learn this summer online. And there's a lot of free programs out there. So of the 30 Goals is free to do online. Um, there will be a book coming out um, that's published eye on education in the fall of 2011 and it'll be on Amazon. But there are other things as well. There are webinars, series where you get to meet really great, fantastic people. This is uh, Steve Hargaden does this One Future of Education and he has incredible people that you can go with and you can see on video or you can hear their voice and they're doing a live interview and they'll ask you can ask questions on audio and they'll answer them. And Sir Ken Robinson was one of them, but there are other ones as well. Diane Ravitch, uh, Michelle Rhee has come on the show. So you just meet a variety of people you can interact with and other educators in those forums as well. There are courses you can take for free from MIT, from Harvard, from Stanford, you can take these massive open online courses where thousands attend, and they learn through great instructors such as George Siemens and Stephen Downs, and so you have so many great forums out there where you can, where teachers can learn online, and they can. Uh, Mike Fisher's Life Binder, who we we're talking about earlier, <laughs> um, oh, my buddy down the street. Yeah, your buddy down the street has a great. <laughs> Find even more resources. So there's just uh, so many professional development opportunities for any teacher who wants to take anything from five minutes a week to five minutes a day to hours a day learning from people around the world about their profession and just getting psyched up for it.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, well, uh, you we're kind of coming to the end of our interview. Uh, is, is there, uh, anything that, uh, that you'd like to mention? Any parting thoughts to really leave our audience with?
2: Well, I think as educators, it was mentioned about the negative outlook on the teachers and things like that. And I think one of the great things about educators, this is always my theory when I do talks is, um, I, I often ask teachers, you know, how many of you got into this field thinking that you would be able to change the world? And I think uh, uh, most of the audience usually ends up raising their hand because I think that a lot of teachers out there, they just have so much heart and passion to be a teacher because it's not one of the highest paid fields or and it's definitely not one of those you get a lot of glory for. But these online professional development, it's not... One of these things where it's, it's so you can better yourself because you know the nation needs you to or anything like that. It's because the teachers on there do it because they really just love what they do, and so getting with people who are so passionate about teaching and who love what they do, it it takes out all the negativity within the teaching field right now. It really shows you that, and then seeing what they, happens in their classroom because you see. You see videos of what they do, the lesson plans. You just see things like the, you hear the stories about the students who got somebody famous, you know, to be on their podcast. And just their glowing faces and how we're making a difference worldwide with students who would have never been able to have these opportunities if we hadn't been in their lives, probably. And so it's just so empowering empowering as a teacher to be part of this kind of professional development where you just feel excited about what others are doing in the profession and you really get to see how educators worldwide are really changing lives so uh and it's free it's it's just getting on these social networks and deciding to participate
0: (laughs) just dive right in all right. Well, uh, Shelly, uh, it's been a great talk. Uh, we, we definitely have to talk to you again. I know you've got so much going on that, uh, we probably could have a different conversation, uh, every week. Um, <laughs> uh, I definitely want to urge the listeners, uh, to check out Shelly's blog. We've got the teacher And, uh, we want to say that is the teacher reboot camp. So, uh, you, you went through a name change recently and we want to make sure that, uh, people, uh, understand that, but it is teacher bootcamp. Dot uh, she's got the 30 goals challenge for educators and the uh, uh, second edition now uh, so definitely check that out and you can get that there and uh, follow her at shell terrell that so is that right shelly s-h-e-l-l-t-e-r-r-e-l-l is that that's correct uh uh, yes. Twitter handle? That's correct. Okay, so at Shell Terrell, and uh, uh, you can also uh, check out uh, her professional website, or I guess the, the company that you're uh, working for now, parentella.com, and that's P-A-R-E-N-T-E-L-L-A.com. Uh, all right, well, any, anything else, Cheryl, before we let you go?
2: <laughs> no, it was great talking with you guys. Thank you so much for inviting me, and uh, I'll be excited to listen to more people on the podcast.
1: Absolutely, and of course we'll be seeing you every Tuesdays on uh, on EdChat as well. Yes.
0: <laughs> all right. So that was Shelly Terrell, and uh, teacher extraordinaire, and uh, also educator of educators. So, uh, uh, what a wonderful lady to talk to, right, John?
1: Uh, she just had so much to talk about. We uh, we could probably have her on for three consecutive episodes, and and still not cover all of the, the bases that she's so well versed in.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we, we might have to apologize to all the Shelly Terrell fans out there because uh, uh, I just I couldn't get enough of her. Right. She's just she's got an infectious uh, attitude. And, uh, uh, you know, it's like you can uh, you can hear the smile. You know, I always tell you when you're talking on the phone or on, or on the uh, radio, so to speak, uh, you know, you should make it sound like you're talking with a smile. And uh, that's Shelley. So uh, uh, certainly just a wonderful person to talk to.
1: She just makes the whole thing sound easy, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah,
0: right. I, I know I'm sitting there going, I wish we all had her energy.
1: <laughs> uh, no, I like, you know. I was thinking I, I work with teachers at at my school who still have a hard time figuring out how to check their email, and and then we get to this whole new level, and I just think how long until we can all be at Shelly's spot, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it, it's really exciting to think think of that because, you know, there there is that end goal, and some, you know, someday uh we will all be there and of course there will be some place further to go beyond that yeah. but it, <laughs> it, we
1: can never catch that carrot. It,
0: right. You never can. You know, I was watching a uh uh oh I I subscribed to Netflix and I was watching a documentary and it was on uh Ray Kurzweil. And uh if you don't know who Ray Kurzweil is, he uh he basically an inventor and uh He's done all these amazing things, but now he really is just kind of a. uh, He's known for predicting the future, so to speak. So he looks at technological trends and he can say 10 years from now, we're going to be doing X, Y, and Z. And uh, he's been amazingly accurate. And uh, so you watch that documentary and it's almost scary because he talks about the exponential growth of technology and what it's doing in our lives. And I'm thinking, Uh, we're having a hard enough time, you know, (laughs) keeping up right right now. now, Right. I I don't need exponential growth. I need like a pause button. So, uh, but with that in mind, uh, weekly, we're going to offer up some things that, uh, hopefully will be helpful to all you teachers out there. Um, Uh, certainly John's going to cover a teacher tip each week and, uh, we'll make that a weekly segment. Um, I'll also offer up a a tech tip. They may not be weekly, but, uh, uh, I'll offer those up as well from time to time. And I certainly have one this week. So, uh, John, why don't you jump in and, uh, what's your uh, teacher tip for the week?
1: Sure. Well, Knowing that most of the people listening to this when it comes out will be on summer break, I was trying to think of something that I could offer up that was going to be good for um, the teacher who wasn't necessarily in the classroom. So I was thinking about myself, and I know in the back of my room I have my student book shelf with all the different titles that I, I have the, my students read or they can sign out and read on their own. And a lot of them uh, are real ratty because of the popular titles, but there's also ones that have been sitting there for a long time that just aren't all that interesting to them anymore. So, I found a really cool website that lets you kind of recycle your books, and it's definitely tight waterproofed because it costs very, very little. The website is called Bookmooch. It's just bookmooch.com. And uh, basically, the way it works is that you go on and you create an account, and then you add books to your inventory. And your inventory are the books that you no longer want for whatever reason. Um, Other people on the site can mooch those from you, and every time they mooch one, You get a credit, which you then can in turn go through the book Mooch database and Mooch a book from somebody else. So basically what you're doing is trading books, trading books you no longer want for ones that could be in higher demand for you. And it only costs a few dollars because you can send these throughout the country uh, through media mail and media mail... I don't think I've ever had a book that cost me more than there are no, no more than $3. So it's a great way to um, recycle your books and rotate uh, the the materials that you have in class on a very, very tight budget. And that's my teacher tech or teacher tip of the week.
0: It, I, and that's an awesome one. And I, I don't know how, but I stumbled across that, uh, Oh, a few months ago and just thought, what a great idea, right?
1: <laughs> it's just it's so cool. And there, you know, a lot of the, like the brand new books aren't on there, but, Um, books that were bestsellers even just two years ago are already on there. If you go on and you're looking for something like um, The Da Vinci Code, there's hundreds of copies of it on there because a lot of people bought like the the paperback pulp version of it and they read it once and it sat on their bookshelf for a long time. So it's a great way to catch up on some of those old books, but then again, like I said, also recycle some um, back into your classroom so that there's new books for the kids when they show up in September.
0: Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, I'm going to jump in with the tech tip. And, uh, my tech tip is a very basic, uh, tip, but it's one that I, I so often see, at least here at my district, uh, I so often see, uh, just basically ignored. And, uh, now, uh, I guess I'll jump into it first and just say it's, it's, Keeping your computer up to date. And, uh, what this means is, you know, so often in what's called the, the system trade down there in the lower right corner of your, of your monitor, you get these little things flashing at you, right? Saying, uh, Windows needs to update or, uh, or Flash needs to update or Java. Uh, and it, so you've got all these, uh, things that are running on your computer that really need to update because, Basically, the reason there is a need for an update is there's probably a security flaw that they've found. And uh, so when you ignore those, uh, all you do is over time you build up all of these vulnerabilities. And sure enough, uh, not, you know, before not too long, you end up getting some sort of an infection because, uh, you know, the bad guys out there have uh, exploited your machine through uh, some unupdated un- software. So, I just want to throw that out there and it it depends on uh one there's the o s update so if you're one running Windows or Mac or something like that uh you always want to make sure that you're you're up to date and you've got all of the latest updates that are available um uh, uh, Adobe Reader, if that's installed on your machine, Flash, uh, your browsers, if you use Firefox or Internet Explorer or uh, Safari or whatever your browser of choice is, you always want to make sure that you're up to date on that. And um, uh, Java, uh, I think I've covered most of the main ones there, but these are things that you know, you know that they're on your computer. And I think uh, what happens a lot of times is people uh, will be a little afraid of clicking on things on their computer because they're really not sure what it is. And uh, they don't want to get a virus. And uh, what ends up happening is when they don't apply these updates, it actually makes them more prone to getting a virus. So keep that in mind. Your, your OS, you know, usually in the lower right, that's uh, with Windows, that's going to be Windows Update, uh, Adobe Reader, Flash, your browsers, and Java. If you can just remember those, you're going to make yourself uh immensely more secure than uh, anybody else. Uh, Depending on what district you work at, some districts uh, automate the process for all of that for you so you don't even have to think about it. But if you're seeing those little indicators flashing at you, your district probably doesn't do that. Um, So uh, if you're not sure, you might want to talk to uh, one of the techs uh, in your district or at your campus and they can explain to you uh, a little more in detail as far as what you need there. Uh, But also keep this in mind for your home computers and I can't tell you how many times throughout the year I have teachers contact me and ask me to uh, fix their computer, which ultimately means they got infected with some virus. And uh, more often than not, that's the case as I look and the computer hasn't been updated in two years. And um, it's just a miracle that it's worked that long. So, uh, so everybody out there, update your computer uh, regularly. And uh, that's my tip, tech tip. So, uh, all right, John. Uh, as I often say, uh, when wrapping up our shows, that was a great show. Great first show.
1: Great first show.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, uh, this is the time when we're going to wrap it up. Uh, we want to, uh, make sure and let everybody out there know, uh, the various ways that you can contact us. And, uh, you know, as part of our network, we're sort of consolidating things under one, uh, entity. So, uh, uh, I'll familiarize you with that right now, which is com, and that's uh, just like the periodic table of elements uh, and the word opi, so element opi, opi as in uh, like Andy Taylor. Um, and we had a really cool logo Made up uh, to depict that And then it just didn't quite work for us But uh, So you can email us At uh, tightwadteacher At com, And those emails will go to both me and John And uh, you can also go over To our website elementop.com And you're going to find the show And uh, there's a dedicated forum Just for this show So we encourage you to jump in And uh, well this is our first show So get the community started Get in there and start talking uh talk about the show and uh meet like-minded teachers out there uh you can also oh go ahead john
1: i was going to say yeah, you could be a front runner and and uh, same goes for twitter too i we have a a twitter handle now and i checked it right before the show and i believe it's following um me and you so there's yes. plenty of room for more people right, <laughs> right.
0: now right and that's uh and the, you know twitter was a little interesting because when we got to looking at how we wanted to do the twitter um uh we We weren't really sure because what we really wanted to create was something where somebody could could follow that uh that handle but really get a a, a congregated feed of both uh mine and john's uh Twitter feeds so uh we kind of came up with a really interesting way to do that and it, uh, it might be obvious to some, but uh we had never really done anything like this before is we just created the at element opie. uh uh, handle And then you just do it through lists. So we create a list that had me and John uh, that basically that list subscribes to. And then you can go to element at or you can go to the at element OP uh, uh, Twitter page and you can find the list there and you can follow that list there. Or you can simply follow at element OP slash tightwad teacher and uh, you'll get uh, all of the Twitter goodness from both me and John. And John, you're you're much more prolific with Twitter than I am. I've I've really got to get a lot better at that.
1: Yeah, I'm. A, mine is. We'll put it in the show notes on the show notes on the website. But I'm on all the time. And uh, you know, I like Shelly was saying earlier, it, it's a such a great resource and a great way to connect with
0: people. Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, and then, uh, we will be, uh, we will be creating a Facebook page and we're actually working on, uh, we've got the Facebook page and I believe it's facebook.com slash element OP. Um, so definitely check that out. And that's one of those funny things with Facebook where you've got to get at least, I think it's 25 likes now. And we literally set this thing up today. So, uh, so uh, while our other show actually has a vanity Earl, uh, we can't get a vanity or Earl for element Opie until we get 25, uh, likes. So we definitely want to get 25 likes there. Uh, what we'll be doing, uh, and hopefully we'll be done by the time this, uh, this episode comes out is we'll have facebook.com slash the tightwad teacher, or maybe just tightwad teacher. We haven't, uh, we haven't set that one up yet, but we'll be working on a Facebook page there and we definitely need to get all the likes we can there as well. Um, as a matter of fact, I take that back because, uh, you can't get the vanity earl until you get the 25 likes. So we'll, we'll touch on that probably we'll in future show. Yeah. We'll, we'll get all that figured out. Uh, we also have a central phone line that's 530 frugal, F R U G A L. Two, and uh, you can call in and uh, that right now is a central line for all of our shows. So if you do leave a comment, if you want to leave a comment, one, don't be prepared to leave a comment unless you're prepared to have it heard on the air because we will or very likely we'll put it on the air. Um, but also, uh, if you can, just in, at this point indicate uh, which show you're you're wanting to uh, uh, leave a comment for. Um, and of course, if you use our names, uh, that, that will help too. Uh, uh, point us in the right direction, so uh so that's it. Anything else to add, John?
1: no, uh, you know I, you have your great show ending, I feel like I need to have some kind of catchphrase to go out on, and i I'm drawing a blank over here. So. <laughs> I don't know, stay classy. Podcast listeners, right. <laughs> they'll make a new one every every episode, and they just keep getting worse and worse.
0: Hey, that's all right. You know, something for for everybody to look forward to. So that's that's they'll, that's fine.
1: <laughs> they'll listen to the whole show just to see what stupid thing I say at the very very end. It's right. a gimmick but it
0: works. <laughs> all right. Well, for now, uh, I'm not gonna get uh, too creative. I'm gonna use my same old uh, sign off, and I'll say, uh, "For now, this is Sean signing off, and this is John signing off."